Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Welcome citizens on Happy Memorial Day. If you are listening in the United States, New Amsterdam Radio starts now. It's of course with a voice, the mayor. I actually have IRL stuff that's in real life work, my day job, I guess, even though it's a Saturday morning. Uh, you guys don't know, I am a DJ, a wedding DJ in Southern California, and I have a wedding today. But I was so excited because I got to have a rare Saturday morning interview with my guest today. And you are going to enjoy if you've heard anything about NFTs over the last year or so, you're going to enjoy my chat with Decentricity. But before I get into that, I just want to say, as always, thank you so much for checking out the show. You guys have a lot of podcast options out there, but you made New Amsterdam Radio your own. And if you're working on a project yourself, you want me to take a look at it, maybe bring you on the show. We can chat about it at New Amsterdam on that Instagram and at New underscore Amsterdam on that Twitter. <laughs> uh, as far as me, my personal projects kind of say a holding pattern. It's heading into June, which is the best month of the year because it's my birthday month. I'm trying to figure out ways to celebrate. Uh, well, you can help me out to celebrate by visiting the Flobito web store. Buy yourself a t-shirt at flobito.threadless.com. Last year's birthday edition of my t-shirt was like one of the most interesting ones because i felt like i was a supreme drop doing uh, a minimal time drop of a t-shirt that only lasted for my birth month not doing that this year but you can support the homie at flobito.threadless.com but enough of my rambling here's my chat with decentricity Welcome back to New Am Sam Radio, the podcast for creatives. It is I, the mayor. On an early Saturday morning, I went out, stretched, went for a walk. I'm feeling pretty good. But also, as a creative, I'm pretty feeling good about creatives in general because there's more ways to get your work out there. NFTs are just something that blew my mind over the past couple of months. And maybe I was very late to the game. But my guest today is going to put a little insight on that and how artists are using that in a brand new way at least for me because this, again this is all new for me please welcome pandu sasha wardoyo aka decentricity who's going to talk to me a little bit more about that welcome thank you flovo nice to be here well nice to be here as well so you are an nft curator with unique one network and well the obvious question is what does an nft curator do but the question i have on top of that is how do you make it fun for yourself Okay. Uh, okay. So two questions. First one, um, uh, an NFT curator basically helps choose uh, from, well, curate art from the community and uh, puts them in virtual galleries. And uh, within these virtual galleries, like people can visit and look at the art. Um, we do a lot of stuff these days. It's uh, basically a whole new category of work. Um, there, uh, we do gallery showings. Uh, we built the community as well. And we uh, maintain like the quality of the art. Um, so uh, that's sort of what we do. Uh, I make it fun by basically being creative with the galleries actually. So if you go to like unique.decentricity and it's like decentri.city, mm -hmm. um, you can actually uh, visit uh, the unique one gallery, uh, which is filled like with uh, hundreds of art 
and uh, we do a lot of showings there. Um, about 60 to 100 visits a day, uh, depending on like you know the depending on the market actually, and uh, depending on uh, on uh, how many people are actually uh, in world uh, at the moment. Um, so this VR gal gallery is actually hosted on uh, something called the Blockchain Metaverse, and that Blockchain Metaverse happens to be Crypto Voxels, which is um, yeah. So the 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 idea behind having these uh, virtual galleries is because like a lot of people have NFTs now, they want to show it, they want to show their NFTs on their walls, they don't have walls and like, yeah. <laughs> because this is all virtual. So um, they uh, try, well, uh, there are properties on the blockchain that are also NFTs uh, that are actually buildings. So uh, these are, these are, uh, land NFTs, basically. You can build on top of it, and you can build anything you want. You can build a house, you can build like a regular office building. A lot yeah. of people build galleries. Okay. Now, um, so I try to bring bring uh, NFTs into the floor uh, virtually, and uh, yeah, that's 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 basically what I do. It so is fun. It does sound fun, because it's definitely something that's, that's brewing and growing. So taking me a little step back here, right? You, I'm a creative person and I've heard about NFTs. I kind of have an idea. I kind of don't. I go, well, it's a thing. I'm not sure it's a thing. And let's say I do buy in. And for whatever reason, whether by myself or some friends, I make a piece of my content, a piece of my art and NFT. How do I even connect with someone to say, this is good enough to be curated into a gallery. How does that, what's that next step for an artist or creator? How does that work on your end? Right, so uh, like like in any art, you have an element of reputation. Uh, like if you're an artist, a digital artist, which and you already have a following on Instagram. Look at Beeple, for example. Uh, before he basically became the most valuable NFT artist in the world, he had a ton of Instagram followers and he had a lot of clout there. Um, so uh, you can translate like the uh, sort of real world or real uh, or mainstream social media um, uh, attraction, well, following that you have uh, into this space as well. Mm -hmm. um, like if you already have a name for yourself, it would be easier is what I'm saying. Uh, but if like you're you're just starting out and you want to get in the NFT, uh, well, get, get, in, get in basically uh, selling and starting to sell NFTs, uh, there are also ways to do it like there are communities online um mostly on telegram which is that chat app telegram i'm familiar um, i'm a fan the, yeah so uh that's that's actually where a lot of us congregate there are several groups um that are they're actually just nft nft sharing groups so uh, people just share their nfts there people comment on them uh, a lot of artsy comments as well so oh, 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 a lot of fun stuff now um, these communities have uh, have actually created a lot of NFT artists. So uh, yeah, even if you are uh, just starting out and you want to get your NFTs out, uh, you can still join these communities. Just put your work out there. Um, one of the things that people don't realize is that a lot of the NFTs actually use the open blockchain standard, mm -hmm. which means that if you mint on one marketplace, it is visible everywhere. So if you, uh, it's it's not like you're selling on like um, just one marketplace. The, once you've minted or created that NFT, that is available for the whole world to see. Like every marketplace can basically see it. So it is immediately global. So uh, whatever marketplace you choose is actually good. 
But the unique one network marketplace is uh, actually better for artists because mm. um, we uh, we ensure that the artists get net zero fees. We are a nonprofit basically, so we try to make sure that the artists. Uh, well, it's uh, like uh, unlike other marketplaces, I should say I won't mention names, but um, <laughs> the other marketplaces basically charge a premium on the artists just to mint, just to sure. basically create their NFTs. Um, for us. Uh, it, the, the premium is actually charged on the buyer, not the people who are minting because we feel that artists should have more value. And uh, even like your minting fees, etc., you get rewards back. So uh, it, it actually helps out artists in a, in a, in a really real way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why I really love this uh, uh, the concept of the Unique One Network because the entire network is like that. And uh, the other, other reason I like our marketplace is that <clears throat> it's a very specialized marketplace. It's not just one marketplace for everything, but mm -hmm. like uh, if you do art, you go to unique.one. If you do photography, you can go to unique1.photo. And if you do not say for work art, if you have an OnlyFans basically, and you want to translate that into like the NFT blockchain world, yeah. then um, you go to unique fans, unique.fans. So, uh, I, I feel that is a good way to do it because the communities that uh, basically congregate around these uh, marketplaces are very different and have very different needs. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's 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 basically uh, how. Yeah, the, I I would encourage you to try it out. It's 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 a really cool marketplace, and I'm pretty sure like uh, like we have a very positive community, very welcoming towards artists, and uh, those those uh, yeah. Uh, even if you're just starting out, you, you can uh, uh, find a name there. You have me at OnlyFans. No, I'm just kidding. Unique fans. Uh, well, well the, it's interesting to me, though, uh, on, on the whole taking the plunge. Can you say to yourself, there are other places out there that charge artists to mint. And I know for as long as there are artists out there, there's people out there trying to exploit artists, you know? And what do you, exactly. what would you say to someone that's probably listening right now that may have something that could be mintable, whether it's a photo or any kind of digital asset that's still kind of gunshot? It still goes, I don't know if NFTs are for me. How does it work? Do I need a purse? Cold storage. I don't. I'm an old. Like, how do you? How do you get that person to even take the plunge to to admit some of their content? Okay. So right. Um. So uh, a lot of the issues with uh, minting NFTs uh, is because uh, of Ethereum gas fees, which is the concept that I guess uh, um, like I need to explain. Um. So uh, the dominant marketplace, the dominant blockchain standard for NFTs is actually Ethereum. Mm -hmm. Ethereum is expensive, uh, as in like you need to, you need to uh, pay for gas, which is basically transaction fees, et cetera, and then minting fees as well, uh, to, to actually create an NFT. Um, like, um, and that can get expensive. Some, well, it depends also. Like th this, this, is, this, this is also the thing. Uh, it fluctuates. Sometimes it's, it's expensive, sometimes yeah. it's cheap. So um, that's uh, that's actually the subject of a lot of recent articles about you know about 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 uh, the perils of NFTs because right. like uh, people keep saying that you know this is this is actually exploiting artists and uh, um, oh, this is really bad for the environment etc. So that's right. that's um, that's Ethereum. Now, right. what Unique One Network does is first of all we have multiple marketplaces. Of course, we still have that Ethereum marketplace. But uh, so not just multiple as in like uh, unique photo, unique, unique 
one and unique fans, uh, but also multiple as in multiple chains, multiple blockchains. So mm -hmm. we have a marketplace on something called Binance Smart Chain, which has like really low minting costs. Uh, and also on XDAI, XDAI mm -hmm. which is another marketplace, uh, another blockchain marketplace uh, that, is, that is also super cheap. It's cheaper actually. It's about like every minting is uh, like just to compare. Ethereum gas fees can reach to like up to uh, like a hundred dollars just per art. Like when you want to mint just one art, you, you need to pay like a hundred bucks. Sure. Uh, whereas like the XDAI marketplace, it's like uh, six cents, like zero point six cents. Wow! So totally different. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's there are technical reasons for it. Ethereum is like this general purpose computer. Everyone puts everything on there. Like the enterprise people put stuff, um, like regular people put stuff, the NFT people put stuff, and then it's for transactions as well. XDAI Marketplace is just for transactions. And so yeah. it becomes like, the, it's a lower load on the global computer. I'm I'm very geeky right now, but like the global no. computer. No, it makes sense. Is, uh, yeah, yeah. It so looks for me. I, I jump in here, but for me, it's like when I wrote a, when I wrote a novel, right? You can go to a vanity right. press and pay a big a big house a thousand dollars or so to make twenty copies ready to go, or you can go right. print on demand, which is cheaper, but it's a different technology in sort of way. Right, right. So it's a it's a it's a more um, it's a different technology. Uh, well, it actually is based on the same technology technically. It's just that uh, because because one is for like what is general purpose and is for everything. Uh, the server loads are higher, so you need to pay a higher cost of gas. Uh, whereas when you're on XDAI or, or BSC, you're actually using uh, like a, a lower bandwidth, so to speak, mm -hmm. like a lower computing power. So uh, because you're not sharing uh, that computing power like with other use cases, so okay. it becomes cheaper. So uh, the the that's that's so what I would suggest. So going back to your question. Uh, how would you start? So uh, I think the primary barrier is in the cost of minting. So uh, first of all, Unique One actually gives you rewards for minting. So you actually also get something back even if you mint on Ethereum. But uh, even barring that, even if you don't want to put money up front, you can actually use the XDAI marketplace or the BSC marketplace, the Binance Smart Chain marketplace. And uh, based on that, you can actually uh, mint really cheaply and you know just just try your hand at it um yeah. of course a lot more liquidity is actually in the ethereum space like a lot more buyers are there because more people have ethereum uh so there is a trade-off there but like if you want to experiment and just try to to mint on these other markets it would be like uh, less cost to you less risk basically. yeah Less cost, less risk. We were actually talking about the changing nature of the world we're living in right before we went live uh, about the metaverse, right? I was a second life person. I, I played it for like two weeks. <laughs> but you're saying oh, the you, metaverse, you, you were, okay. I, I was on it. I was on it. And I, I used to fly to the sky, so concerts, it was crazy. Uh, but, but you're saying there's a bit of a renaissance there in the metaverse. And what does that look like? Right. Right, right. I was I was actually uh, saying that before the call. And this is, this is very interesting. Uh, the the uh, the NFTs, uh, well, people buy these expensive NFTs, right? And uh, they want to show it. They want to show off, right? Like this is swag. Um, they don't. Well, the 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 only way they would be able to show it is like uh, if they put it in a metaverse. Uh, 
of course you can you can also show like these nfts on a website for example but uh, yeah that's that's not as cool <laughs> i mean people <laughs> wouldn't randomly people wouldn't randomly encounter your nfts in the world so to speak so um so several metaverses have sprouted up um i guess a lot of people are familiar probably in the crypto space a lot of people are familiar with decentraland is one of them um i prefer crypto voxels so it's mm -hmm. cryptovoxels.com and um uh, there's another one called somnium space so all these marketplaces actually uh, are basically 3d world games uh where you can build stuff so a lot like the sandbox model of games uh, and it's 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 a lot like second life as in like you build in world so basically mm -hmm. you can you can set up your own building and like you don't have to go out of the game to actually set up like the buildings on most of these metaverses and after like the the renaissance thing is also brought on by i guess the pandemic uh because okay. a lot of people are stuck at home and you know because uh that is also uh why i guess there's a lot of events in the world uh we um i mean we there's there's uh basically album drops like uh people can launch albums in the space um that happens at almost every week uh yeah. if you're on crypto voxels uh there are concerts and of course there are gallery showings a lot of people basically just come in there to build galleries and show off their nfts and right. perhaps sell them so actually it's 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 been awesome the past seven months i guess uh because like a lot of people are in the space and trying it out uh but like these metaverses are actually about two years old like uh crypto voxels actually started in like 2018 for, uh, or 19 2018 was the beta i think and uh, so uh it's a mature ecosystem there's already a lot of buildings so it's not an empty world um, so you can actually just go into cryptovoxels.com and just walk around and, you know, and, and just, just look around and you might randomly encounter like, oh, cool NFT. Oh, this NFT is super expensive. I know this. Uh, oh, that's a CryptoPunks, which is one of the expensive NFTs. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's, um, I, uh, the, the other thing is about like these metaverses. Uh, is that uh, they had they they get more visits than regular art galleries? Believe it or not, okay. um, like the unique uh, the unique one gallery, which is on unique decentricity, which is decentri.city, um, is actually getting like about a hundred visits uh, a day on a on a on a good day. Okay. Um, like at minimum, like we get like fifty to sixty visits, and um, that's. That's just like it's not a brick and mortar uh, gallery, but it's actually better than a brick and mortar gallery uh, because yeah. first of all, we really own it. We can prove that we own that gallery space on the blockchain. Uh, we're the only one who can build on it, um, and this is this is actually another NFT, another class of NFTs, which is not the art NFTs. Uh, remember that NFTs are actually just a certification for a digital asset, right? Right. That digital asset can be anything. It could be art, it could be music, uh, it could be videos, it could replace your DRM, digital rights management, right. but it can also uh, represent objects that are within the metaverse. So if you own this table, you actually own this table, you own this land, you actually own this land, this is your building, no one else can build on it. 
Um, so it's a certification of, it's a land certificate basically. Um, and uh, you certify you own it. It's not like Second Life because when you, uh, remember when you like, you were on Second Life and you wanted yeah. to buy land? Right. That's something you can actually do, but you still need to pay a subscription fee each month. If right. you fail to pay that subscription fee, then you lose the land. So that is actually renting with extra steps, right? For Good Second point. Life. Yeah. Crypto voxels, once you own the land, you own the land. Uh, Somnium space as well, decentralized land as well. That, uh, because that land is actually an NFT that is in-world and that in-world NFT actually, you know, it confers your, your, your rights to the land, et cetera. Like it's a one-time thing. Right. So it's, I think it's kind of hilarious though, that, that we are embracing the world of NFTs and true to human form, we build the entire platform to show things off. That's, <laughs> we're all about that. Look at what I have, guys. <laughs> yeah. So but, oh, I haven't told you about wearables yet. Like, uh, oh. like uh, the fashion part of uh, the metaverse. Uh, a lot of people actually build wearables to just be worn in world, like jackets, um, like even avatar heads, uh, yeah. and and these these wearables can be very expensive. Like uh, I've seen like a whole avatar for nine Ethereum. Yeah, well, okay, which so is, I, that raises the question, <laughs> and I know that you could ask this about anything, but like, how does things have value? How do you say this hat is worth nine Ethereum? My life's work is only worth one fraction of one Ethereum. <laughs> mm, mm. Like, what's the value? That is a good. That is a good point. Now um, there are. Things um, there, there are things that are uh, that are used to actually do this. Uh, it's called uh, the, the the technique is called price determination. Uh, it's basically you offer for a price, and if someone buys for that price, and uh, the next person also buys for that price or higher or slightly lower, then you will have like a price determination. Which is why uh, a lot of the marketplaces have history, like historical prices, and show like uh, oh okay so this. This uh, particular NFT has been bought and sold several times for this, these prices. So obviously the market values it. But that's yeah. very market driven, right? Like uh, you uh, uh, bestow value upon an NFT because you bestow value upon an NFT because you value it for this much. Okay, so yeah. um, that, that is, that is uh, one, one way to basically determine the NFT's uh, value, which is through the market mechanisms and uh, particularly to some that that thing I call price determination. The other way to do it is uh, when you're actually talking about virtual objects that are in world that are within metaverses. Land uh, is is one of them, and wearables is another. So this is also price determination, but it is usually uh, it usually depends on what stage the project is in. Like if the project is already fully community owned, then uh, it's the prices are determined by just the community. So it's a lot like the market determination is, again, like the price determination thing. But if the project is still owned by developers, the developers, like in any game, like if you buy Sims 4 and then like add DLCs, the developers determine the price of the DLCs, right? So yeah. for the metaverse, uh, if it's still... Like, and, and currently all of the metaverses are still dev-owned, still very developer-owned. Um, you are actually uh, still getting the prices that the devs put out. Okay. So, uh, 
Yeah, so what we're trying to do with Unique One as well is to actually initiate unique.game. It's actually like you, you can go to like the unique1.network site and scroll down, you'll see like uh, upcoming projects. So we're setting up a game marketplace and we're also setting up a metaverse really soon, hopefully towards the end of the year. Uh, the metaverse, the first metaverse is going to be called 2D City. Okay. And uh, it's going to be a 2D metaverse instead of 3D metaverse. So basically it's a, it's a top down like Animal Crossing style. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, metaverse, you can still put like art on your walls. It's just going to be a lot cuter and like a lot more casual. You can be like if you're standing online in McDonald's somewhere, you want to, you know, go go into your metaverse and just walk around. That's something you can do. Um, but also we're trying to push it towards uh, as soon as possible uh, going into like community owned. Like it might start still with like dev ownership, but like we would uh, like it to follow the same philosophy as the rest of Unique One as in mm -hmm. uh, the community ends up owning it. And uh, I think that is a better way to do it. So um, going back to your question, pricing in the NFT space is ideally based on the market prices. There okay. are ways to make sure you don't get burned uh, right. buying NFT. Yeah. The, and that way is to actually look at pricing history. So, uh, and all NFTs have pricing history. If, it's, if it doesn't have pricing history, it's it's a lousy marketplace or it's a, you know, the NFT isn't, isn't you know, isn't real NFT. So once you have that pricing history and you see like people are consistency, consistently pricing uh, these NFTs like uh, for, for a certain price, then you know that that's, that's real. If you see like an NFT with only like one or two purchases and very low volume, that's probably not a very good NFT. You probably shouldn't invest, shouldn't buy. Uh, uh, buy it basically. So um, the the pricing mechanism thing is very market driven, and it's actually very interesting as well. It could be like a whole podcast of its own. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but like think of it like uh, resellability. Like you have this NFT, you can resell it later if the market values it, right? So uh, if you have a Beeple, for example, that is valued for uh, like. Back then, it was like $69 million, $69 million I think, when, when it was sold the first time to, to Metacoven. Uh, so if the Metacoven people actually want to resell it, they would get millions as well. So that resellability is the way you value it. Um, but also because this is also art and this is also like music, um, it's, it, it is valued because you're a fan of the mm. artist. So mm -hmm. the... the um, Kings of Leon, I think, actually released yeah. an NFT. Complete album yeah. is NFT, yeah. Right. Now, the, the complete album NFT actually doesn't replace, uh, in most cases, it doesn't replace, like, uh, their regular Spotify stuff. Like, you can still listen to, like, their, them streaming on Spotify. But if you buy the album, it's like, um, like, back in the day when people bought, like, golden vinyls, like, mm. uh, the, like, like special edition vinyls that are, like, uh, probably have, I don't know if this real gold or not, but it's like um, you buy it not because you um, you buy it because you're a fan. You want you want you want to show your appreciation to the artist, and you buy it. You put it on your wall. You probably never play it, but but people know that I'm appreciating this artist, and I, this is something that is a, sort of a collectible. So it's actually the same thing with uh, like the Kings of Leon album and a lot of the albums. A friend of mine. Um, Dao Records, D-A-O Records, mm -hmm. he's on uh, he's on all of the NFT marketplaces. 
Um, he actually uh, releases a lot of albums this way with like regular Spotify artists. So uh, Spotify artists basically can give him, um, like for, for him, it's actually very interesting because once you uh, get, you buy the NFT, you can actually uh, download all of the files, like gigs of music, and then you can basically put it on GarageBand and edit it, remix it. So uh, it confers the the rights of remix as well, which is which is super cool. So the NFT space is uh, new in terms of licensing. Um, so there there are a few things that are like very different, like from buying an album. So you can scoff about like, oh, uh, why am I going to buy a, uh, an NFT album for one Ethereum? This uh, uh, when this guy already exists on Spotify. But sometimes it gives you uh, additional stuff on top of buying the NFT, like you know, mixability, remixability, all of the raw files, like even discounts for future tickets. So um, yeah, so I and uh, think of NFTs more like uh, you're a fan of this artist and you want to pay extra to actually uh, show your appreciation. And uh, yeah, your goal. Speaking of connecting with fans and creatives, talk to me about Myriad Social, a way for fans and creatives to connect in a whole new plane. Cool. Uh, so Myriad Social is something that we're initiating. Uh, it's uh, social media uh, that will also have NFTs in it. We'll also have social tokens in it. Uh, you can uh, basically sell your NFT. You, you can sell your NFTs there. You can sell your posts as NFTs there as well. Um, it is a Web3 social media, which means it's fully decentralized and you can spin up your own servers and you can set up your own uh, Myriad social node. Um, but it also pulls from uh, the regular web and the regular social media uh, content. So you don't actually have to leave uh, your, your current content. Like if you're, you're following people on Twitter, uh, the idea is when you're on Myriad, those Twitter folks are also on there. The content is being pulled into uh, the platform. And uh, finally, we are creating a value layer uh, so that you can actually send tips to people that are on mainstream social media. If you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter. I really like this post you just made. I can just send you tips. Myriad will take care uh, of, 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 well, will take care of that tip until you log into Myriad. So you can actually uh, use it sort of like a Patreon. The only difference is in Patreon, the artists sign up first. In Myriad, the users sign up first. Like uh, you send, you know, we, people can send Flobo, even, Flo, uh, even though Flobo is not on Myriad yet. Um, yeah. All of these Myriad tips. So that's, that's something we're doing um, Yeah, in a, in a couple of months. Uh, it's going to be launched. It's on myriad.social right now. It's, uh, yeah, that's that's the website. Uh, I, there's a concept document there, uh, probably a light paper soon. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we're doing. I, I was interestingly intrigued. I'm not on Mirad Social, but I just might be. I mean, not not to do a little spoiler alert, but that may be the case. Uh, I, I want right. to thank you so much for being on the show and I appreciate everything you've let me know about, about the digital space and NFTs. But before we get out of here, it's a couple of personal questions. I, I got I got these things on my mind, on my heart, on my chest. Uh, how did you come how did you become decentricity? Like, how did you become that character or that persona? Well, um, I, I used to work for IBM. 
yeah, shout out IBM. Um, shout out IBM Austin. Yeah, IBM YC. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, well, when I when I worked at IBM, I did a lot of um, intricate solutions for uh, enterprises, and it got me thinking about a lot of things, uh, particularly about blockchain. So uh, I bought Bitcoin kind of early, although I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't hold that much as much as I want. But um, I wanted uh, my company to go towards that direction, and they finally did. They they did Hyperledger, uh, like recently, well, uh, four years ago. But um, I thought it was time for me to actually go and enter the space on my own because there's more flexibility in terms of actually using the technology. There are a lot of, there's a myriad of technologies in the blockchain right. space. And um, so I, I, I got to, I, I initiated several companies. I co-founded several companies. One of my companies, the first company I co-founded was Blockchain Zoo, which is blockchainzoo.com shout out <laughs> and then i initiated the indonesian blockchain association which is uh which has 22 member companies uh in, in indonesia where like we we talk to like the indonesian government to uh you know to to help blockchain adoption i helped co-found blocksphere which is another company i i have basically become sort of a parallel entrepreneur in the blockchain space um, now, the, the centricity moniker is uh, something that I use uh, exclusively for my more um, NFT side of things. Uh, yeah, so um, it's, it's, it's because I use that avatar in like crypto voxels. Uh, and uh, I also have a website, Decentricity, which is decentri.city, which is basically just the stuff I do. It's... It's all a bit yeah. embarrassing. It's a bit of a blog. It's <laughs> so, not um, embarrassing at all. I've been, I've been, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been a huge fan of decentralization, and I don't think that you know big tech should be controlling um, our platforms of the future. And this is not a political statement. I'm just saying that um, um, the 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 reason why I'm focused on on blockchain so much is that it allows communities to own its own tech platforms instead of actually having the tech platforms own them and own their data. Yeah. So uh, decentricity is sort of like the, uh, the, the, the decentricity persona, so to speak, uh, epitomizes that because it's, it has decentralization in the name. So, and it's, a, it's, it's and it's decent as well, like decent <laughs> decentralization. So I yeah, like it. it's sort of play on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and when you're not, going full on tech and be, and just getting into things like that. What do you do for fun? How do you unwind? How do you shut down? How do you restart? How do you power cycle? What do, what do you do in your downtime? I, uh, well, I, I have pets. I have like six cats. I have a, I have a lizard, like a really, I have a really cool blue tongue skink, which is something oh. you should Google. It's, it's not a common pet. Uh, I like animals. Um, I unwind with, I have a boyfriend. I <laughs> went with yeah. him. Yeah, well, Obviously. I think boyfriends are a lot more work, but. <laughs> true, true, true. The, the, the pets are nicer, actually. I can always fall back to the pets. <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. But, the boyfriends don't need feeding, though, so. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but, that's... Uh, yeah, sure. 
No, that's great. That's great that you found time to to manage that your 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 career pursuits and also some of the home life as well. I mean, I, do you do like uh, anything else as far as like education? Letting people know about things. How can they contact with you? How can they engage with you? Sure. How they can learn more about what you're working on? Uh, so you can always find me on Telegram. Uh, I'm uh, Decentricity, obviously on Telegram. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, so I think you can search for Decentricity on both LinkedIn and, and Instagram and you can find me. Um, and yeah, I'm always open for questions and uh, I, I, could, I could talk about blockchain all day long. Uh, and she says geekily. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, uh, Okay, so I'm, I, I, I am actually human. <laughs> yes, we could. <laughs> I got you. Yo, when you're passionate about something, that's the greatest thing in the world. So I'm sitting there going like, wow, right. I should probably get on this. <laughs> you know? I, uh, yeah. I, oh, uh, I, I used to enjoy a lot of like physical gallery outings, like going to museums and stuff. That's, that's yeah. also why I became an NFT curator and I wanted to recreate the galleries that I've seen. Um, but yeah, because of the pandemic, I haven't been in a gallery for like a year. So yeah, I guess it's opening up there. Um, I don't know, but like here, it's still like Indonesia is still uh, kind of bad. It's state so, by yeah. state here, but hopefully on the way okay. out there. <laughs> uh, and just one more yeah. time, uh, the unique one network, the you list the name, the different uh, galleries, if you could. Sure. Uh, so um you, you you can just go to unique1.network to actually see the all, all the stuff that we're doing. Uh, but if you want to go directly to like the art stuff, it's unique.one. If you want to go to the, the well, basically the uh, not safe for work art, it's unique.fans. If you want to go to the photography marketplace, it's unique1.photo. And if you want to go to the VR gallery, it's unique.decentricity. And again, it's decent tri.city. So yeah, so that's that's all we have. I want to thank you so much. Coming. Like a lot of a lot of things are coming soon as well. Like unique game is the game thing and uh yeah, some other things as well. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. I'm going to go back and look at my own art and see what I can NFT. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want you, I, why not? I get in, get in the game, I say. Uh, thanks so much for being on New Am Sam Ray, the podcast for creatives. Uh, we'll be doing these shows pretty often, so I want you back. I want to see how things are going as you launch your new projects. All right. so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.